It's not good. Who's hurt? Who's injured? Is listed as questionable. Questionable. What does that mean? No one knows what that means. Matchup breakdowns. First game today is too close to call. Oh. You need an edge to pound your opposition. Like if I start him and then he doesn't play, I literally have nothing in the bank. I have no backup. The Fantasy Football Show with Jeff Meller. I mean, they know if they're playing. They know. They should tell us. That's right. The show to tune to for fantasy football knowledge. How many leagues are you in? I'm in 12 leagues. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Well, that is just pure fantasy football. It's the Fantasy Football Show with Jeff Meller. Good Sunday morning to you. I am Jeff Meller, and I'm here for you every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. up until 9, taking your fantasy football calls on ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. I've got Tyler Aki pushing the buttons and pulling the strings back behind the glass today with me. He will be here most weeks, so I appreciate that. If you're uh, giving us a call and want to uh, let you let uh, Tyler sort out the players that you're going to bounce off of me, say hello. Say good morning, Tyler. But he's here along with me. Again, I'm Jeff Meller, and uh, we're here every Sunday morning for you, the listener, to help you set your fantasy football lineup. Before we get after the calls here, I'd like to begin every Sunday morning by letting you know what injuries you need to be apprised about in case you've uh, had your head buried in the sand this week. On third and goal. Pressure, Garoppolo, looking, firing, it is caught, touchdown, George Kittle! Boy, oh boy, I'm sure you're regretting investing that second, or maybe you were fortunate and you thought you got George Kittle in that third round slot, and in already week two, you're saying to yourself, ugh. This is brutal, and it is because George Kittle is out with a knee injury, uh, maybe out for a couple of weeks here, so you're already going to have to make alternative plans. I gave it out last week. I'll go to it again because he may be available on your waiver wire. If you're looking for someone to plug in, O.J. Howard. He scored a touchdown, had four catches last week, somebody who I think could have a big... A big role in the Tampa Bay Bucks offense going forward this season. I think he's the tight end you want to own on the Bucks over Rob Gronkowski this year. We'll see more, but uh, Gronk looked hmm, not Gronk-like, not the Gronk we're familiar with. And that, you know, shouldn't be surprising when he's missed two seasons, two full seasons. He was out there, got a lot of snaps, but I will say O.J. Howard certainly looked more impressive when he had the opportunity to catch the ball. Uh, so that's somebody against the Panthers who I think is uh, an alternative also monitoring Jordan Reed. Now, I know Jordan Reed has dealt with concussions and he is going to step in and assume some of the pass catching role at tight end for the 49ers today. He's somebody I'm keeping an eye on. If you're desperate and you have no other tight ends that you're interested in, he could be somebody who might be worth a desperation play right now, but also somebody who, if he's out there and healthy. We're going to watch how many routes he runs today. He could be worth grabbing and playing while George Kittle is out. So that's what I'm keeping my eye on for fantasy purposes. As long as Jordan Reed is out there and actually, you know, running some routes, he could be a valuable pass catcher for fantasy owners. So that's something I'm keeping my eye on in today's 49ers game. Brady keeps, throws, pass caught, Godwin, first down and more. Chris Godwin, he is out. He's in concussion protocol, and this should not come as much of a surprise. I've talked about it all week on our different shows, Carmen and Yerko, Cap and Jay Hood. Godwin, with a concussion, 
He did not enter protocol until Wednesday, which is a bit concerning because I don't think there's obviously every concussion is different, but this could be a couple week situation. So Chris Godwin is out. What does that mean? Well, against the Panthers, which is a very enticing matchup, I would certainly have Mike Evans into the lineup. He is off the injury report. I know he he seemed like he was certainly affected by the hamstring injury last week, but Mike Evans is a must-start for me this week if you're owning him because the Panthers' defense looked atrocious last week, and that is an opportunity for him to get right. So all of your uh, Tampa Bay Bucks pass catchers, oh, Scotty Miller, that's who we should mention too. He he caught six passes last week, and certainly without Godwin in the lineup, stands to benefit tremendously. I'm not saying I'm necessarily starting Scotty Miller in every league, but I think if you're in deeper leagues you know, and need a flex option, especially point-per-reception leagues, Scotty Miller is somebody who would definitely be worth your while this week. And they get it in here on a second down and goal. Catch is made. Connor breaks a tackle, and Connor will take it in. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. All right, so James Connor, you saw him leave last Monday night's game. Well, good news. Looks like James Connor is going to play today, but... You're probably saying to yourself, is that good news, Meller? Well, that is a fair question because I'm not necessarily sure. I personally would steer clear of starting James Conner this week if I could. If I have anybody who's a decent option, and hopefully it's week two so you're not completely besieged by injury, if you can turn to somebody other than James Conner this week, I probably would. I want to wait and see. Benny Snell looked very productive last week when he had an opportunity to tote the rock. And you have to wonder, a lot of... A lot of reports about Benny Snell really getting in good shape this offseason, kind of changing his diet around. And that's something that Le'Veon Bell did not too long ago after his rookie season in Pittsburgh, where he really got right and became one of the best running backs in football. So I think I personally am staying away from using James Conner this week, if I can at all. If I've got anybody who's a decent alternative, I would. And Benny Snell is somebody who I'm keeping my eye on, but also reluctant to start this week if... uh, if I can avoid it, because I kind of want to wait and see how that backfield plays out. Tannehill, under pressure, going to throw it deep, has his man open down the middle of the field, and he's got him, A.J. Brown, to the end zone for the touchdown. 91 yards. No 91-yard touchdown from A.J. Brown this week. He's dealing with a bone bruise on the knee. And uh, that's uh, a pretty devastating loss for A.J. Brown owners. He certainly did not look like the dynamic player that he was last season this past Monday night. And who did, surprisingly, Corey Davis, who I know fantasy players are very familiar with. Corey Davis stepped up with seven catches over 100 yards. And you have to be asking yourself, is this finally the Corey Davis who was drafted in the top five of the NFL draft? And it might be. I mentioned on Twitter, I believe, this week that I wouldn't be surprised at all if Corey Davis actually has a bigger fantasy year than A.J. Brown. When you look at Corey Davis is six foot four, he's bigger than A.J. Brown. And when he's he's had moments when when he's been healthy, he's had plenty of moments prior to last season where he looked like he was about to turn, you know, turn it up. And there's been stretches where, you know, for three or four weeks, Corey Davis has been a very viable fantasy starter. I remember he had a big game against the, I believe it was the Chiefs in the playoffs where he scored a couple. Maybe it was the Patriots. Nevertheless, there was a there was a, a 
playoff game not too long ago where Corey Davis scored a couple of touchdowns. So you know he's certainly capable of it. I think what really held Corey Davis back for so many years was the fact that Marcus Mariota was the one who was under center and he just struggled getting the ball downfield to really taking advantage of what Corey Davis can do well. I think Corey Davis has an opportunity to be a, you know, a top 20 type fantasy wide receiver for you. And especially without AJ Brown, this is an opportunity for him to step up. Now I will say I had, uh, I actually already received a text early this morning asking me whether or not uh, some one, whether or not somebody should dump Benny Snell, who we just talked about, in order to go pick up Corey Davis. And this is kind of where, even though I like the prospects for Corey Davis, this is kind of where I draw the line and I say, you know what? In fantasy football, at least if you're if you're talking, you know, 10 leagues, 10 team league or bigger, you really, I think, have to always defer towards the running back spot because when you find yourself a potential starting running back, it's it's really the most valuable asset in fantasy football. So even though I just talked up Corey Davis, I will say that I want to see what happens with Benny Snell this week. Benny Snell this week, admittedly, not knowing exactly how Mike Tomlin's going to handle the situation. But I just told you, I think there's a chance Benny Snell could become the lead back in Pittsburgh despite James Conner playing. So even though I just talked up Corey Davis, don't go dropping Benny Snell to pick up Corey Davis this morning. You got to kind of wait and see with these running backs if you have a guy who you have an inkling could be a starter for uh, an NFL team. All right, let's get it started here with the callers. Again, 312-332-3776. I am Jeff Meller. This is the Fantasy Football Show here on ESPN 1000. Let's go on out to my, uh, Mike in Mount Prospect to get us started. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm heading up to our cottage in northern Michigan, so hopefully you can hear me. So uh, I can hear uh, you fine. Sounds like a nice little okay, Sunday. Good. Uh, this is crazy because I just picked up Corey Davis, and that's my question. PPR League... Uh, I got Paris Campbell, which more experts are picking him over Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. He's at Indy playing Minnesota, which has got a terrible secondary. Yep. Or Corey Davis. Uh, but uh, what I'm nervous about Corey Davis is, you know, yeah, they, Brown is out, but uh, they're going to be double teaming this guy, and the best uh, defensive back will be on him. So I, I'm really torn now listening to your conversation this morning. Yeah, no, it's and it's. I, I think it's a good. Uh, it's a good point, Mike. Certainly, Corey Davis, uh, what I just talked about, what I laid out is interesting. And I'm probably one of the biggest Corey Davis truthers out there. Um, I've long been a believer in him. And so, especially with the fact that um, he seems to be the lead man in terms of targets today, I would personally go with Corey Davis. Now, you bring up Paris Campbell, and um, it was it was very good to see him have a very productive week last week for the Colts. You do have to wonder if Phillip Rivers maybe uh, locks it on Paris Campbell, who does have 4-3-3 speed, um, somebody who's very dynamic. But I will I will say, I kind of want to see it from Paris Campbell one more week. And, and, and it seems silly when I'm saying that in comparison to Corey Davis. And maybe it's just, you know, I have a little bit more belief in Corey Davis his pedigree than Paris Campbell, but I'll I'll admit I'm I'm pretty close on that one. So I think the I think the PPR format Mike leads me to Corey Davis. I just think he's probably more likely to be have a safer floor for you there over uh, Paris Campbell this week. But I like the fact that you added Paris Campbell. I think there could be quite a bit of upside for him this season. Let's head on out to Bridgeport and say good morning to Tom. What's up, Tom? How you doing, buddy? How are you today? Excellent. I need two of these three uh, uh, running backs. Uh, Hines from Indianapolis, Melvin Gordon, or Chris Carson. 
All right. So Naheem Himes, uh, and he, I see it says a non-PPR format, Tom, which is critical to me because if you're not playing in a PPR format, I'm not necessarily – I don't feel like I need to get Naheem Hines into my lineup. Certainly, he scored two touchdowns last week, but I have to believe that going forward, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy who sees goal line carries for the Colts as long as he's healthy without Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack done for the year, obviously, with the Achilles injury. Um, I think, Tom, uh, I'm crossing Hines off the list, and I'm going with Melvin Gordon and Chris Carson. Carson's my number one of those options there. I will say that Carlos Hyde got more um, attempts than I would have liked last week. And I admit that uh, the Patriots look like a tough matchup. But honestly, the Patriots secondary is more concerning for me than their run defense, especially with all the players who have opted out for them this season. They were good last week, but it was against the Dolphins. So I'm not going to... Pittsburgh's defense against uh, Denver. Sure. No, and, and that's fair. But without Philip Lindsay, Tom, I think Mel- I think Melvin Gordon is in line for uh, a significant workload. So I'm going to go ahead and trust that the touches that Gordon gets is just more than Hines is re- really worth. So unless Hines, you know, I can't guarantee, you know, who scores a touchdown. But the reality is that Naheem Hines, to me, he's going to, without a PPR scoring for you, it's pretty easy. I go Carson and Gordon. Okay, thank you. No problem. That uh, leaves the line open for you again. 312-332-3776. Let's go on out to Woodridge and say good morning to Dennis. What's up, Dennis? Morning. Hello. Uh, I got a uh, uh, full point PPR, and I need two of the these four wide receivers. Corey Davis, um, Julian Edelman. I got Traquan Smith or uh, Sutton. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, so, and uh, we're, you know, still uh, awaiting word, although there is optimism that Cortland Sutton will play today. But I think I mentioned it last week, and if I didn't, though, I'll say it now, Dennis. Cortland Sutton with the AC joint injury, that, that's, that can be a crippling one for wide receivers. You never know what their ability is to get their shoulder, their hand over their head with that AC joint injury. And, and it's one of those devastating injuries where sometimes a guy will be out there, but he's not necessarily himself. So I will admit... I personally, in any league that I have Cortland Sutton, I'm not starting him until I see him play a game and I can actually watch what he's doing out there on the field because I'm concerned that he's a bit of a decoy and any time he has to go up and reach for the ball until I'm convinced that he's healthy, I'm a little bit concerned, Dennis. So I personally would go ahead and use Corey Davis and Julian Edelman in the PPR format. I think those guys are your safer bets. I think you'll be happy with them. And again, for anyone who's owning Cortland Sutton out there, I, you know... Again, week two, if you're not really struggling with you, you've got to have a better pass catcher who's uh, available to you where I just kind of want to wait and see, especially, you know, Drew Locke didn't didn't blow the doors off anyone last week. So there's no compelling reason for me to have to start Cortland Sutton right now until I see that he's actually healthy and can do the uh, full range of motion with his shoulder. So that's how I'm handling that. Again, this is the fantasy football show here on ESP 1000. I'm Jeff Meller. All right. What's the plan for the Saints offense without Michael Thomas? Well, John Gruden has an idea. He tells us next. The Fantasy Football Show is back. 
with the guru of fantasy football, Jeff Meller. How's your lineup looking? It's not good. Dial us up at 312-332-ESPN. If I start him and then he doesn't play, I literally have nothing in the bank. I have no backup. That's 312-332-3776. This is the Fantasy Football Show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. The Raiders and John Gruden take on the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, now that they're in Las Vegas, I think that's the last time I can officially play Hotel California coming out of a bump because uh, they no longer reside in Oakland. And uh, we'll probably have to find some Vegas, uh, some Vegas themed music. Tyler, that's that's going to have to be the plan moving forward, I think. Uh, But I figured one last time would give the Eagles a bump when we're talking about the Raiders and John Gruden. John Gruden uh, was asked, okay, so what do you do? What are you worried about now that Michael Thomas is has been ruled out with a high, high ankle sprain? And um, I will let you hear what he thought is going to be the key that the Raiders need to worry about from the Saints offense. And it is a uh, certain quarterback, not named Drew Brees, but actually the weapon known as Taysom Hill. I don't remember a quarterback that can throw and run read options and then line up at tight end. Uh, This guy's a a weapon. He's a special teams demon. He can be the personal protector on the punt team. He's a great football player. You know, a lot of guys call it, he's a football player. This guy's a football player. He can play anywhere on the football field. And you got to be aware of number seven because he can ruin the game. And they have a great package to keep us off his scent. You know, you just can't prepare for him for anything. He's 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 a football player. You smell that? That's Taysom Hill's scent, Tyler. You, you smell that? Get a nice whiff of it over here. Um, Taysom Hill is not somebody you need to turn to in your fantasy football lineup, but. If you do have a fantasy football question, you can also not only call the show at 312-332-3776, but you can also submit them via Twitch. Watch us on Twitch. You can watch me drink my coffee while I do this radio show. It's uh, ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch. You can, in the chat room, fire some questions at us as well, and Tyler will peruse those, sort through them, and give us the best ones as we go through the show as well. So a couple ways to get at us, or, of course, on Twitter, I'm at Jeff underscore Meller. All right, let's go on out to Morris and TJ. He has a running back dilemma. Hey, TJ. Hey, guys. How's it going? Morning, Jeff. What's I up? have a running back question. PPR. Mm-hmm. I'm starting Alvin Kamara, but I need one. James Conner, James Robinson, Miles Gaskin, or I can go on the waiver wire and pick up Frank Gore. All right, so uh, Frank Gore, God bless his soul. He is the definition of a plotter these days. And even though Le'Veon Bell is out, that is not something I would advise my worst enemies to go ahead and do, start Frank Gore at this point. (laughs) Listen, like he might get 30 carries and give you 84 yards, but the reality is I want no part of that. I don't feel good. Anybody can fall into the end zone for a touchdown and make your day, but I'm not predicting that. I don't feel good about Frank Gore. Um, In terms of uh, Gaskin, Robinson, and Connor, Miles Gaskin's interesting. He's somebody I'm going to keep my eye on, but I would steer clear of him right now. I think there's certainly not. He plays a lot. He does. Well, let's 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 slow slow our roll here. He played quite a bit last week, but 
it's I don't know if you can necessarily say, okay, that's going to be the rotation for the Dolphins, you know, for the entirety of the year. They also talked about um getting uh getting uh Matt Breida more involved. So I think that's certainly a possibility this week. And Jordan Howard's there as well, Teej. So I would say okay. even though I, I I'm I'm keeping my eye on Miles Gaskin and I actually scooped him up in one of my leagues but I'm yeah. certainly not starting him yet. He's going to be playing from behind, and I think he's the end of the game running back that'll catch all the passes. Well, listen, he 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 impressed them in the off season, and they were raving about what he's done. But I'll tell you, Matt Breida excels in the passing game as well. So it's one of those situations oh. where I kind of want to see it before I start him. So I like that you picked him up. Good, good shrewd move by on your part to see what happens this week. But before we go ahead and plug him into our starting lineups, let's be a little bit cautious. I personally would go ahead and use James Robinson uh, over James mm-hmm. Conner. I kind of laid out early in the show why I'm a little bit reluctant right now to use James Conner. I'm not necessarily sold that he's going to be, you know, Pittsburgh's uh, best option with Benny Snell there. So I personally, yeah. I think James Robinson, he showed you last week, he had 16 carries. It wasn't, you know, an outstanding game, but Gardner Minshew proved, I think, to a lot of folks that he's going to run a competent offense for the most part. So I think James yeah. James Robinson's your play there. And, you know, let's see how, uh, how the Steelers backfield is sorted out going forward. All right, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Appreciate it, TG. You have a good one. All right, let's go on out to Oak Lawn, who and AJ. AJ, you're on the Fantasy Football Show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. My man. pleasure. Uh, I'm actually reaching out because I have a little bit of a wide receiver dilemma. I'm in a .5 PPR, and I drafted DJ Moore as my wide receiver one, and he was a complete dud last week. Hmm. Um, I'm starting Calvin Ridley this week. I need to know who to start on my wide receiver two. Do I start DJ Moore? Do I settle for Hollywood Brown or Michael Gallup? Interesting. All right, so you know what? I love what I saw from Marquise Hollywood Brown last season, and it kind of picked up right where it left off this you know, this season as well. I really like what he is doing in Baltimore. I think he's the number one option. Well, I mean, he's the number one wide receiving option. Certainly they have Mark Andrews, who is a threat, but I think between those two guys, those guys are going to be the, uh, the big beneficiaries of anything Lamar Jackson does in the passing game. I'm concerned about Michael Gallup's role in Dallas. He, look, it's it's undeniable between Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. You've got three explosive players. So Gallup really is going to be, I think, for a lot of folks, a boom or bust type player. And in you know, if you're looking at him as a flex spot or maybe a, a wide receiver three, I can understand playing him most weeks. But if it's only you know you've, you've got two wide receiver spots and it's like a you know, like you said a point five PPR, I'm not sure that the the volume is going to be there for Gallup every week. So I'd be a little concerned about using him. Admitting, though, that, you know, the potential for him to score a touchdown is always going to be there. Um, And then, you know what, though, as I talk myself through it, AJ, I look at that inviting Atlanta defense and I say to myself, you know what, they had the the most open window throws last week. I believe it was 34 open window throws that the Atlanta secondary allowed. So as I talk myself through this. I think I maybe go with Michael Gallup this week because that that defense looked atrocious. That secondary for the Falcons was awful, and that that that's at home this week. I think maybe I still go with Gallup, even though I love Hollywood Brown. You know, on in, in terms of season long play, you're good with uh, uh, benching DJ Moore again this week. I am. You know what? I mean, the the truth is that I wasn't. But I'll say this: this is a bit of my um, my own bias, I guess, against DJ Moore. 
Um, I wasn't necessarily sold on him being, you know, a lock as a number one wide receiver this season. So I know that's probably not, not what you want to hear as somebody who drafted him, but I personally am not necessarily sold on him being, um, you know, a, an every week starter when you consider how, how many great wide receivers are out there this year. Uh, in fantasy football, so I think I'd be a little bit shy of using DJ Moore right now. Plus, you want to see how um, how Teddy Bridgewater kind of adapts to using his weapons as well. Robbie Anderson got a lot of action last week for the uh, Carolina Panthers, and you know Curtis Samuel's there. Christian McCaffrey, you know, is going to get his targets as well. So I'm a little bit reluctant to use T- DJ Moore in every format right now. I kind of want to see how Teddy Br- Teddy Bridgewater spreads the ball around. Let's go on out to Lockport and say good morning to Tom. What's up, Tom? What's happening, Miller? How you doing? Ah, very well, very well. Good to hear. All right, I have like a coin flip here, and I've been struggling all week. I have Kyler Murray or Josh Allen. I had the same dilemma last week, too, but I picked the right one. Boy, this is tough because um, this is something I was going to note at some point, so this is the perfect opportunity to do so. Man, Washington football team, that front seven is beastly, and I am concerned. I'm not going to lie. I was looking at a couple of my rosters uh, last night when you can make your last waiver claims, and I was like, all right, is it time to go ahead and move on the Washington football team defense? I did make a move in one league, snagging them um, as an opportunity. That pass rush is real, but what I will say is that I am not a believer in Josh Allen. I understand he had a very nice game last week and the Dolphins, you know, game, you know, the the Dolphins defense is solid. Um, uh, I personally, though, am not sold on Josh Allen, even though the numbers looked good last week. And I know that his running ability is going to, you know, make him a viable option in most weeks in fantasy. If you saw a couple of the misfires he had, he had John Brown wide open in the end zone and he was completely inaccurate through, through like, what was 20 feet over his head. Um, He had him in the end zone for another touchdown that he missed. I think more times than not, Josh Allen, when you have a decent alternative, I'm going to shy away from him personally because his inaccuracy drives me crazy. It can some, it can submarine your, your week on any given week. And you can't really be sure when it's going to happen. Whereas Kyler Murray, I love what I saw from him last week against the Niners. And like I said, even though I just raved about the Washington football team defense, I am convinced that Kyler Murray is going to give you, you know, he's got a great floor with the running ability that's going to give you week in and week out. And uh, I want to let me let me give Daniel Jeremiah the proper credit here as my I'm waiting for my inbox to load and it's not popping up. Here it is. So this is from Daniel Jeremiah. And I think he made a great salient point last week on Twitter. Kyler Murray ran the ball 13 times for 91 yards. He slid Went out of bounds or scored on 12 of the 13 runs. He was only tackled one time when he was pulled down by the shirt. He's mastered the ability to protect himself on the move. It's teaching tape for athletic QBs. I mean, and Daniel Jeremiah, obviously, he uh, does the NFL draft for the NFL Network. He does a great job. He knows what he's talking about. That's all I needed to see. I I am confident that Kyler Murray is going to have a huge year this year. And so most weeks I'm going to trust him over Josh Allen. And and admittedly, some some weeks, look, you're not going to pick it right every single week. But if you go with the better player week in and week out, you you will be you will not be disappointed more times than not. And so that's kind of my philosophy, philosophy in fantasy football. Go with the better player more times than not. On the fringes, maybe your flex spot, maybe your third wide receiver, you, you, you can play the matchup a little bit. But more times than not, I want to go with the better player, and I think I'll be rewarded. And generally, it's worked out for me in my fantasy football career. All right, so what can we apply from what we learned in week one? We'll explore that next. Is your tight end in or out? Don't answer that. 
Is your backfield in good shape? Uh, never mind. Welcome back to ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. It's the Fantasy Football Show with Jeff Meller. All right, so what can we take away from week one that we can apply to fantasy football going forward? And I will say, don't make any, don't make too many quick snap judgments and assess them all year. But what I will say is that the Panthers' defense was atrocious. They've lost so many good players, including Luke Keekley, off of their defense from previous seasons. I think you can go ahead and feel feel very good and confident about starting most players against the Panthers' defense going forward. Another takeaway I have personally, watching the Chargers' offense being run by Tyrod Taylor is not something I was happy about heading into the season, and everything I saw was confirmed last Sunday in Week 1. Ugh. If you're a Austin Eckler owner, I'm going to break some bad news to you. I think get out while you still can. If you can get value for Austin Eckler this morning, if you can go ahead and trade him, I don't know if he's going to be... Tyrod Taylor has never been a, a quarterback who likes to check down to his running backs. That is really where Austin Eckler ate last year. He 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 had over 90 catches last year, was a huge boon in PPR formats, and was drafted in the late first round, early second in a lot of leagues. If you can get somebody who wants to buy, who wants to try and buy low on Austin Eckler and get decent value, I would certainly consider it this morning before they play another game because I'm concerned going forward that uh, the Los Angeles Chargers offense is kind of broken as long as Tyrod Taylor is under center. I don't know what to expect when they actually turn to Justin Herbert, but uh, he will, he's a rookie, so I'm not very encouraged by that as well. Chargers skill players, I am concerned. I'll say that. All right, let's uh, let's go to Lewis and Charlotte, who has a question that I think a lot of fantasy owners are dealing with right now. What's up, Lewis? Hey, fellas. Hope it's uh, hope you're having as good of a Sunday morning as I am. Got to know: Am I sticking with my man from Alabama, Mark Ingram, or are we going J.K. Dobbins? Oh boy, this is tough. And listen, this is going to be a headache week in and week out, Lewis. Um, Last week, J.K. Dobbins scored two short touchdowns. He had 23 snaps. Mark Ingram had two carries inside the 10, but did not score. He had 21 snaps. And oh, by the way, Gus, the bus, Edwards, he had 15 snaps in the backfield as well. And we're all familiar with what Lamar Jackson does at the goal line, Lewis. Um, I think it's going to be a headache all year as long as both guys are healthy. I personally would probably lean towards Mark Ingram, but I don't know, Lewis. I can't predict the future. The truth is that if either guy gets a goal line touchdown, they're going to be the, you know, the player that you want to start. I don't know how to predict who's going to score. I guess I guess I'll say JK Dobbins. I think he's got a little bit more home run potential right now at this stage of their career. So maybe maybe that tilts things in his favor. But it was a it was basically, you know, between the between those guys, it was a 50-50 split. But then you add in Gus Edwards as well. You've got three running backs there and Lamar Jackson who could steal goal line touchdowns. So it's going to be a huge headache. And, and you're flip a coin, man. I don't think there's a good answer because until we see more evidence, I don't know how you can confidently start one guy over the other. And, and that's probably not what you want to hear. But the reality is anybody who, who tells you differently is lying. Because unless you're in the Baltimore Ravens you know, um, offensive uh, film room, I don't think you know 
what their game plan is going to be week in and week out. And truth is, it very well could be a, a straight split with Dobbins and Ingram and Edwards all, all year long. So uh, it's going to be tough. And do you have anybody else you can go with, Lewis? No, I, I'm, I'm mixing it up with the Washington back. My RB2, everything else is solid. Yeah. I just got to know what to do with this spot. Sounds like week two we're going we're gonna to stick with the, the tie. Yeah, it, it's one of those situations where I probably go with Ingram just because, you know, he's got the longer history. And you never know with rookie running backs, you know, if, for whatever reason, if Dobbins fumbles or misses a blitz pickup, you know, maybe he, you know, he, he gets in the doghouse because he is a rookie and they want, you know, you never know how that's going to play out. So I'd probably go with Mark Ingram. But the reality is that it, it's, it's really a mess right now for uh, Ravens uh, running back fantasy owners out there because I, I don't think either guy right now, unless one gets injured, is really a, a must start at this point. Um, all right, like I said earlier on Twitch, ESPN 1000 Chicago, you can uh, fire your questions away as you watch me, again, drink my coffee every morning on Twitch, um, or you can watch any of our shows when we're uh, local on Twitch. Tyler, what do we have inside the Twitch room? All right, let's start with a quarterback question here. Deshaun Watson versus Baltimore or mm-hmm. Josh Allen versus the Dolphins? Ah, I'm going to go ahead and use Watson. I think there's a you know, they're going to have to score points to stick with Baltimore. And certainly Baltimore's defense is is a tough matchup. But again, I laid out, I don't love Josh Allen. I usually go with the better player. Deshaun Watson is clearly the better option. And I think they're going to have to, even if it's garbage, you know, garbage passing yards late, I think that's going to be there for Deshaun Watson because I could see I could see either thing happening. I could see Baltimore and Houston, you know, going back and forth toe-to-toe in a high-scoring affair. But I could also see Baltimore getting out early by quite a bit and and the Texans having to play catch up and throw the ball quite a bit so I would say Desha- I feel better about starting Deshaun Watson than Josh Allen most weeks all right a Herrera says I've been hit with the injury bug at wide receiver need two in a PPR league Cortland Sutton Devontae Parker Scotty Miller Corey Davis Anthony Miller or Darius Slayton <sighs> um initially I've talked about Sutton already quite a bit until I see him on the field reaching up over his head with his shoulder. I'm concerned about the AC joint. Scotty Miller and Corey Davis stand out to me amongst those names that you mentioned. I was uh, slightly intrigued by Slayton as well. But, you know, uh, Slayton's somebody who I think is going to have, he's going to be boomer bust for you quite a bit. So I think Scotty Miller this week without Chris Godwin is the play. And Corey Davis without A.J. Brown, I think, should have a fair share of targets. So I'd go with those. All right. And then two of three in a PPR format at the flex, Scotty Miller, Paris Campbell, or Dallas Goddard? (sighs) I like Miller. And, oh, man, we haven't gotten to a Goddard question yet. And... The obviously Zach Ertz is there, and so you know it very well could go away. But I'll tell you what, Goddard looked really good last week, and he ran a significant number of routes. I believe he had fifty four snaps that he was out there on the field, and he he uh, I want to say forty eight routes. Although that's not off the top of my head, so it might be off one or two there. But I'm I'm going to go ahead and say I would use Goddard. I like what I saw from him. He played uh, at a kind of like a Pro Bowl level last week, so. Dallas Goddard, somebody I'd feel pretty good about using uh, in most leagues. All right, again, 312-332-3776. Let's try Steve, who's in Tinley Park with a quarterback question. What's up, Steve? Good morning, good morning. Uh, things are okay. For, uh, the quarterback would be Rodgers or Wilson? Boy, that's a tough dilemma. Obviously, Rodgers played great last week, and Russell Wilson is, for me, you know, I, I start him whenever I can, but this is a very good problem to have. I personally... I think I would use, you know, this is purely based on matchups because I hate 
suggesting to bench Russ. But Aaron Rodgers against the Detroit Lions with a secondary that is banged up. Um, and you saw Mitch Trubisky. We saw here locally Mitch Trubisky take advantage of the Lions' problems in the secondary in the fourth quarter. If there's any guy in the league who's salivating at that opportunity, it's Aaron Rodgers. So I would go ahead and use him, especially considering that Russ has the Patriots and Bill Belichick to contend with this week on Sunday Night Football. So, you know, that's usually a tougher call. But I think Rodgers has a great matchup and Wilson has the toughest um, defensive mind in the history of the NFL. So for that reason alone, Steve, I'm going to go ahead and use A-Rod and uh, not look back. Let's try John, who's in Evanston, with a wide receiver question. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Jeff. I got uh, last place in my league last year and had to do the punishment, so I definitely uh, need some advice here. Oh, uh, no. Well, John, what's your punishment for the league? It's a, it's a beer mile, so a beer before every lap around a standard track, so four beers. Did you puke? Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. And I also finished outside the time li- limit, but... You have My a time limit? Enough. There's a time limit? Yeah, well, What's... It's, it's not like extreme. It's like 12 minutes. Okay. But... So, because they want they they, they want you moving. There's no, we're not going to like just let, you know walk a mile yeah. here and chug four bears. I want you to make sure that you have to endure a little bit of pain. So basically, they're ensuring exactly. that the last place finisher has to puke at the end yep, of the year. Exactly, <laughs> like it. Um, but anyways, I need a I need a flex. Scotty Miller, Sammy Watkins, or Rugs, and Rugs is questionable. Yeah, um, I think that rules him out pretty easily because both Watkins and Miller are solid options, and you never want to be caught in a situation where you think a guy's going to play, but on Monday Night Football, all of a sudden he's ruled out. That's more of, if anything, it's just the timing, John, to, to take rugs out of the out of the mix. And I think uh, it, that's good advice for anybody out there. When you're when you're when you're kind of like you know you've got plenty of decent options, and it's not like a clear drop off. If you've got a pl- guy playing on Monday Night Football. If, if you have anybody else to go with, go with them because too many times you hate to see a guy ruled out on Monday Night Football. You don't even know until Monday, you know, until Monday. So that's a situation where that's that one's pretty easy to rule him out completely, John. And then uh, Watkins versus Miller. <sighs> Sammy Watkins in the Chiefs offense can go off at times. And the Chargers secondary did not uh, impress me much last week either. So I think I would probably... You know, knowing that in the past Sammy Watkins has disappointed after big weeks time and time again, I'm still going to say I think I would want a piece of Sammy Watkins and the potential to go off with Pat Mahomes throwing him the ball. Certainly, Scotty Miller, I think, is probably a little bit of a safer floor, John. So if you're looking for safety, maybe Scotty Miller's to play. But I personally like to usually go with the guy who I think has a, a chance for a big week, who could maybe be a weak winner for me. And I think Sammy Watkins has that potential in the Chiefs offense. I don't expect Scotty Miller to go crazy, even though I like his prospects this week. Um, as the Bucks take on the uh, you know the putrid Panthers defense that I was talking about, I still think I want Sammy Watkins over Scotty Miller. Despite you know Tom Brady raving about Scotty Miller, I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins potential over the guy who is maybe a little bit of a safer floor. But again, that's one of the situations where you have to look at your lineup and assess and see, do I want the safety or do I want to really swing for the fences? All right. This is the Fantasy Football Show. I am Jeff Meller here with you every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. And I'm also, don't forget, here with you for the postgame show at two hours after every Bears game with uh, Howard Griffith. We'll be taking your phone calls, instant reaction. We are the voice of the fan here on ESPN 1000. So if you'd like to react to any Bears game, don't forget, I will be here for you along with Howard Griffith taking your phone calls. All right. 
I got uh, one more segment left. Tyler Aki is scanning the Twitch room for any last-minute calls. We will continue to roll on here on The Fantasy Football Show on ESPN 1000. The Fantasy Football Show is back with the guru of fantasy football, Jeff Meller. He's listed as questionable. Questionable. What does that mean? No one knows what that means. Dial us up at 312-332-ESPN. I mean, they know if they're playing. They know. They should tell us. That's 312-332-3776. This is The Fantasy Football Show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Welcome back again. Jeff Meller here with you on ESPN 1000. I'm here every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. for an hour, taking your fantasy football calls, helping you sort out your lineup. Do that every week. And then uh, the post-game show with Howard Griffith right after the Bears Bears game ends for two hours, taking your calls then, uh, reacting to what happened in the Bears game as they take on the Giants. Before that, though, at 10 a.m., the it's the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show with Fred Hubner, Brian Hanley. They're going to get you set for Bears and Giants. Bears home game with nobody in the stands at Soldier Field. The Bears have come to uh, an agreement on an extension with one of their offensive players. Not Allen Robinson. No, they uh, have come to terms with Tariq Cohen for a three-year extension. I'm sure Fred Hubner and Brian Hanley will be breaking that down today from 10 to noon, so make sure you check that out as you're getting set to watch the Bears and Giants. All right, we've got about five minutes left, so let's try and go quickly, if you don't mind, folks. I want to get as many callers in as I can here. Let's go to Kenny, who is in Forest Park. I'm sorry, Park Forest. What's up, Kenny? So you talked a little bit about it before Dobbins at Houston or mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon at Pitt. Yeah, and as I mentioned, I don't feel good about using Dobbins right now when I've got a guy who's going to be a bell cow for the Broncos, especially without Philip Lindsay with the turf toe. Pretty easy for me. I'm going to go with the touches. Again, I can't predict touchdowns, and certainly that's an option for J.K. Dobbins, but the volume is going to be so skewed in Melvin Gordon's favor. Even in a tough matchup against Pittsburgh, I'm going to go with him over J.K. Dobbins just because I don't know how the Ravens are going to use their their uh, offensive backfield right now. Let's try Carlos, who's in Schiller Park with a tight end. Hey, Carlos. Good morning, Jeff. So with Pittsburgh, with Pittsburgh playing against Denver um, this today, I was wondering if I should start Noah Fant or Jimmy Graham because I picked up Jimmy Graham in the waiver wire. Yeah, no, Carlos. Let's let's roll with Noah Fant. He's clearly going to. I think be a focal point of their passing offense this year. Again, especially as I've said numerous times now on today's show, Cortland Sutton scares me a little bit. It actually might play in Noah Fan's favor if Sutton's out there, but he's a little bit limited. You may see, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, have to worry about Cortland Sutton as a bit of a decoy, and that could open things up for Noah Fant. So you got to like the way the Broncos used Noah Fant last week, especially in the first half. So I would go ahead and roll with him most weeks. Uh, don't uh, fall into the Jimmy Graham trap just yet. Let's try Dan, who's in Arlington Heights. Hey, Dan. Hey, Jeff, got a question for a running back at a flex. Uh, I've been going between Ronald Jones the second and Naheem Hines all week. Hmm. Uh, need some help locking that one in. Yeah, you know what, Dan? I'm going to say I would use Ronald Jones, and I'm not I'm not Ronald Jones the biggest fan because he's obviously had many chances for the Bucks going forward. But against this Panthers D this week, and Naheem Hines is one of those guys who I'll use, you know, in bye week situations, or you know, if I don't have a decent option, I'll feel okay about plugging him in as a PPR player. But the reality is, with Jonathan Taylor, you know, he's going to. 
I think yeah. Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy. And Ronald Jones, you know, he he got the majority of the workload last week for the Bucks and was pretty solid actually. He didn't score obviously, but if but you know Leonard Fournette, you know, there's a reason why the Jags released him. So I would go ahead and use uh, Ronald Jones and uh, not really not really plug in Naheem Hines just yet. I want to see more from him before I start using him above someone like uh, a featured back like Ronald Jones. We're coming up in the two-minute warning. This is the two-minute warning. And that'll take us to the two-minute warning. All right, here we go. Fast and furious, folks. Let's try Ron, who's in Schaumburg. Hey, Ron, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Jeff. Uh, how you doing? Long-time listener, I love your show. In fact, last week you, you gave me some advice about O.J. Howard, and I played him, and it worked out well. Nice. Thanks, but, Ron. Uh, question is, we talked a little about it today. Um, Jay Moore from Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Davis from Tennessee, Michael Gallup from Dallas, Miles Sanders from Philadelphia, and Malcolm Brown. I need four of those. Four yeah, five. you know what? A lot of good options, Ron. For me, I'm going to go ahead and bench Corey Davis. I talked a lot about those players. Miles Sanders, he got he he was a full participant in practice this week, so you have to use him. You drafted him highly. Feel good about the rest. You know, Corey Davis. I've talked a lot a lot of good things about him today, but you've got so many strong options, Ron. I would use all of those over Corey Davis this week. Let's try Tony in Plainfield. Hey, Tony. Hey, how's it going, bud? Um, so I'm getting a trade offer. I'm, I'm I will receive Zeke. And I would trade away Mike uh, Cooper and Chubb. Woo! I'm going to go ahead and accept that immediately, Tony. I would not Got look it. back. Um, I would, uh, my backup would my well, my new wide receiver would be Gallup. So I didn't think it was a bad idea. Yeah, no, Tony. That that's a trade that I'm go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and make every single time. Don't worry about it. Don't look back. Because, look, I like Nick Chubb. He's solid. But coming off of that performance, you know, on Thursday night, it's a perfect time to sell high for a guy like Zeke, who's a top three fantasy football running back. You know he's going to get 20-plus uh, touches week in and week out. He's their goal line guy in a great offense. Nick Chubb, as good as he looked, it's undeniable that Kareem Hunt looked excellent as well. So you can't necessarily be sold that Nick Chubb's going to be a stud all year long. So go ahead and make that deal and don't look back. All right, that's going to do it for me, folks. Again, Jeff Meller here on ESPN 1000. I'm back with you after the Bears game ends for two hours, along with the two-time Super Bowl champ, Howard Griffith. Thanks for listening, and you can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Meller. That's M-E-L-L-E-R. I'll answer as many questions as I can on Twitter before the game start at noon. Thanks for listening.